the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. It's all I want. She's blonde, five foot two. It's all I need, yeah. And one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. This is my America. It's Friday night. Yes, indeedy it is. It's not just any Friday night, though. This is the first night, and I don't know when, because I'm not a baseball fan, not a baseball watcher, but it's the first time, I think, in many years in which on a Friday night at Petco Park, or any park for that matter in a while, that the San Diego Padres were in a playoff game, and coincidentally, they're playing my Padna here, his favorite team out of L.A., of course, actually the number one team in Major League, ba- Major League, ba- Major League Baseball, is that, what, is that what they are? The MLB, is that what that stands for? The L.A. Dodgers. Okay, so good luck. To both the teams out there, I might have to root just a tad more for the Dodgers, even though my former Padna in crime, Carrot Sticks, is a Padres fan. So uh, good luck to everybody. Yeah, you sent me a big blue heart over text message, so you're in. <gasps> you outed me! You're not so... Sticks could be listening! <laughs> and the Carrot Sticks, this is for you. Hey, does anyone want Carrot Sticks? Get them out of here! Look, at these tough times right now uh, where it's $7 a gallon in gas, people can't afford the the food. I don't even know who could afford to be down there watching this game. Can you imagine the food prices? Yeah, I don't know what they charging for a dog down there, man. I don't know. But it's just nice that at least there's something if people can't, can't afford to go out. You know, and and go down and watch the game. They can at least watch it at home and be distracted. Have something to root for. Something Gosh, exciting. We need distractions right now. We need distractions. We need something that kind of unites us as Americans. And this was the great American pastime. Uh, we were talking about jingles last night, and uh, what was the one of the biggest jingles? And I can't believe we didn't even talk about it last night. Eight 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 three four four eleven seventy is our call in line. Email me at andreakshow dot com. I got lots of emails last night about commercial jingles as well as TV theme songs because yeah we just went off on a tangent and started talking about that as well but baseball apple pie and chevrolet right three symbols of america so even if you're not a baseball fan i think we can all admit that this is a good thing for san diego at least if not you know the country because one of the things that's different about uh the mlb major league baseball as opposed to other institutions is that it has not been at least not overcome by wokeness. So just want to open up the show with that. Good luck to all the baseball fans out there tonight. Um, my general manager is a Braves fan. It wasn't looking good for the Braves earlier. I don't know how that game, Uh-oh. I don't know how the game ended up. So, um, Anyway, there you have it. 888-344-1170. I've already introduced him. He's wearing his Dodger blue, but let's bring him in officially. It's DJ Potato Skins.
There's always room for you in the big blue heaven, Andrea. The gates are open. Mm. You know, since I am uh, from, I, I came here by way of New Orleans, and we didn't have a, a, a major league, league league. I don't know why I can't say the word league. We don't have a baseball team. Well, that's I, why we're opening our gates to you. Yeah, but if I'm going to move to San Diego from New Orleans, I got to embrace just like I did the Chargers when they were here. They were my backup football team. My OG, my original team, was the Saints. I, they remained my number one team. Then it was the Chargers. If I'm going to if I'm going to pick a, a a new a baseball team, it's got to be San Diego. But, but remember, I mean, and 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 you're a winner. We had Dane Winnington, actually Wigington last night. Mm-hmm. If you want to root for a winning team. It's all about the Dodgers, baby. Well, that's yet to be seen because tonight is game three (laughs) out of five. Okay, moving on. Um, Speaking of losers, this January 6th committee, just what a bag of crap. What a crap sandwich these people have been trying to feed us. And uh, the day before the end of their Jan 6 committee, they decided that they wanted to subpoena Donald Trump. We talked last night about what Trump should do. There's still people continuing to discuss that today, what Trump should do with the subpoena. Um, I, I think in hindsight or, you know, now that I've had a day or so to think about it, I think he needs to just he needs to give the subpoena and the January 6th commission the attention it deserves, which is nothing. Well, how do you what's the best way to deal with a narcissist? And there's so much. And, and I know that's a term that gets thrown out around a lot these days but there is some uh, the problem that we've got with one of the things that's very common with the the tyrannical types on the left and even in the establishment of the republican party what they have in common with narcissists is that they're they they're bullies um they have to they don't they have no empathy no compassion for anybody who who's uh in the wake of their destruction and um, the the best way to deal with a narcissist is to to choke them of any attention and do everything that you can to ghost them and not give them any power. And that's what needs to happen. We need to be ghosting them, sucking any power and attention away from them. And it needs to happen at the ballot box. We need to be we need to. And, and also, there's another element with narcs. In one hand, you want to ignore them as much as possible because you don't want to you don't want to feed um, their their psychosis um but you also when you do have to deal with them um the best way to deal with them is just to punch them back squarely and don't allow them they're they're, uh, ultimately they're cowardly bullies so um on the heels of the subpoena situation yesterday there was a leaked video to cnn from nancy pelosi and it involved her daughter alexandra and i've talked about alexandra the filmmaker the (laughs) Yeah, the great filmmaker that is Alexandra Pelosi, right? How did I first hear? And I've talked about this a little bit, and I'm not going to go long into this. But I've mentioned Nancy Pelosi's daughter, the quote, filmmaker before, because she actually did a documentary back when George W. Bush was president. And it was one of the reasons why I realized I had already had issues with George W. Bush and um, re- was already in the course of realizing that he was a liberal who campaigned as a, as a conservative and campaigned as a conservative Christian and governed like a far left liberal, which was really what he was. And when I saw the Nancy Pelosi's daughter, when I saw her documentary that was filmed, it was no longer a head scratcher to me as why why George W. Bush never fought back against any of the accusations, any of the scurrilous charges made against him, whether it was about Katrina or anything else. And it was because there was a game being played and he was in on it. 
the the love fest that was going on between him and his administration and Nancy Pelosi and the rest of the Democrats made me sick to my stomach. So here this daughter again, this supposed filmmaker, was evidently brought in to do a documentary for, for her mother, Nancy Pelosi, on January 6th. So certainly it begs the question as to why Nancy Pelosi, in advance of the supposed spontaneous riot that took place, even if you even if you believe that it wasn't spontaneous and that it was somehow connected to the MAGA movement, why would Nancy Pelosi anticipate this riot and bring in a documentary film crew to record it? We've got more questions as well as some obvious answers, but I want to start by playing the clip from last night that was linked, leaked out to CNN. Clip seven. Secret Service said they have dissuaded him from coming to Capitol Hill. They told him they don't have the resources to protect him here. So at the moment, he is not coming, but that could change. Oh, he comes. I'm going to punch him out. This oh, is my mom. I would pay the I'm waiting for this, for trespassing on the Capitol grounds. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. Okay, a couple of things. I'm not, I'm not sure if you could really hear. I encourage you to go and look and see the video at the same time you're listening to it. First of all, the first thing the person you hear is Nancy Pelosi's chief of staff. And you can watch it. She's chief of staff on January 6th, wearing a mask, by the way. Nancy Pelosi isn't wearing a mask, but the chief of staff standing Nine feet away from her is wearing a mask, right? And telling her that Secret Service has told Trump that they're not going to take him. They're not going to take him to the Capitol to, to, to somehow. And then she also says at the same time, stop, you know, uh, they've told him to, to stop. And, and then Nancy Pelosi, it's her, it's her Joe Biden corn pop moment where, you know, she's saying, you, they better tell him not to come here. He better not come here because if he comes here and trespasses, I'm going to punch him, even if I go to jail. So she's feigning all this anger. Right. Feigning anger. Using a very specific word called trespass. There's a whole lot of and I encourage everybody to follow Julie Kelly at Julie underscore Kelly on Twitter because she has written the book about January 6th about how it was planned. It was a planned insurrection on the part of Nancy Pelosi, on the part of the FBI, on the part of the Democrat Party, and including on the part of the establishment Republican Party. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to discuss this a little bit more. Because it is becoming very clear that this was a massive entrapment operation led by Nancy Pelosi. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Later on the show next hour, we got lots of stories that are part of, and as well as Nancy Pelosi, uh, that are nominees for Stink of the Week and Hero of the Week, and including the pigs that destroyed an actual work of art of Van Gogh, Sunflowers. Oil painting today, just absolutely disgusting. And what a metaphor for the left, which is, and, 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 and that happened in the UK, by the way. What a metaphor globally for the left. But, but continuing on with Pig Pelosi 
and uh, this documentary that she had done. I was telling you guys you need to follow Julie Kelly on Twitter. Even if you don't like Twitter, you don't want to tweet. Um, that's really the only social media that she does. And it's an incredible way. If you want to know the truth about what's going on with January 6th, you need to be following her. Um, some some absolute truth. So uh, So let's think about this for a moment. So Nancy Pelosi, why would Nancy Pelosi know enough about what was going to happen on January 6th to bring in a crew, a documentary filmmaking crew on January 6th. Obviously, she knew that something was going to, because, you know, the FBI, supposedly they're saying that the FBI or Secret Service knew uh, at least a week beforehand there were rumblings of stuff going on. Uh, We know that the FBI had infiltrated a few groups, but Nancy Pelosi doesn't, you know, why would Nancy Pelosi know that there was enough of something that was going to happen on January 6th that she would have a, a film crew there? Maybe because she had denied the U.S. Capitol Police's request for National Guard. Maybe that's why. Here's a some tweet from Julie Kelly. Let me get this straight. According to January 6th committee, everyone, including law enforcement, knew weeks in advance that there would be, quote, violence that day. So the sergeant at arms for Pelosi and McConnell decided to reject Trump's offer and Capitol Police chief request for extra security, as did Mayor Bowser, and instead thought some bike racks and a couple of Capitol cops would secure the building. And oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi was so worried that she had her daughter and grandson at work that day so Alexandra could record the the whole event that was supposed to be nothing or something. And the rioters just happened to succeed in getting Pelosi, McConnell and Biden wish of halting debate on the voting fraud and a vote to create an election commission, which is what it was exact exact actually happening when the building was breached. If we're why is it that the head of the committee of January 6th specifically said that Nancy Pelosi's office and any of her involvement related to January 6th was off uh, was off the table for investigation? I don't give a crap about what Trump said at a rally down the street. I care that it was her responsibility to secure the Capitol that supposedly uh, where, where there was supposedly threats of violence and she intentionally refused it. And if you don't believe me, there was actual testimony that was given by Steve Sund, who was the U.S. Capitol Police Chief, uh, he and he took the fall for the January sixth. By the way, he were he's on record and actually gave testimony that he repeatedly asked the sergeant at arms for Pelosi and and McConnell to authorize the deployment of guardsmen before the Capitol protest. Julie Kelly goes on to say that she spoke with a D.C. guardsman who said they were at the armory at 6 a.m. on January 6th and stayed there for almost 12 hours before getting the authorization to head to the Capitol. There was nothing that happened that day. Not only was there nothing that happened that day that was Trump's fault. It is more and more obvious that this was a massive entrapment plan, entrapment for the purpose of insurrection in order to stop what was happening, which was a debate about the election fraud in the six states that were contested, as well as to stop any vote that would that would uh, appoint an election commission to investigate. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened, which is exactly what McConnell, Pelosi, the Democrats and the establishment party wanted. And then to make it even better for them, because and, and I've been asking since, why is it? And I was really angry that even Marsha Blackburn and other Republicans 
when they did go back after the after the so-called riot was over, when they did go back to resume their proceedings, why no longer there was ever allowed to be any debate? Why was there no longer a vote on an election commission to investigate what went on? I was remember I was angry at Marsha Blackburn and the rest of the Republicans for that. And then on top of them getting rewarded for uh, this this uh, this mass entrapment plan that took place by not having a vote and not uh, on uh, not having any debate involving when you have the senator matched with a congressperson in order to, to debate whether or not those electoral votes should be counted. Not only was there no vote on the election commission, they had a nice scapegoat. They had another another planned psychological operations uh, success and making Trump look like the criminal here that then provided them an opportunity to not just do a post-presidential, post-office impeachment, but then also to round up MAGA supporters and throw them in the gulag and deny them any bail. It's interesting, isn't it, Skins, that Nancy Pelosi uses the word trespass to the chief, chief of staff? First of all, the president of the United States is not guilty of trespassing to any building in the United States of America. I'm going to punch him for trespassing. He's the president of the United States. He gets to go where he wants to go. Okay. Second of all, that's the people's house. And one of the things that was revealed by the FBI whistleblowers was that they actually, in order to round up and persecute and prosecute more and more people at the Capitol that day, they actually went back and redid the lines around the Capitol that were supposed to be unavailable to the public. It's like it's like it's like coming to you after you've already gotten home. When you follow the speed limit, them changing the speed limit after you've already come home, gotten home and them coming to your house and saying, here's a speeding ticket. Well, I followed the I followed the, the speed, the, the speed limit on my way home. Well, we changed it after you left and now you're guilty of a crime. This was absolutely 100 percent start to finish. I'm not even going to say looks like I'm going to say this was mass entrapment. She denied it wasn't Trump that was responsible for any violence that day. It was Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat Party, and the FBI, including, and the Secret Service, by the way. Suddenly, their records are missing, and and that's provided a convenient scapegoat for uh, those on the left to say, oh, well, that must be the Secret Service scrubbing Trump's bad actions. Or maybe it could be the Secret Service who was in cahoots, along with the FBI, with the Democrats and Mitch McConnell. And the Republican establishment like Liz Cheney and the uniparty system that wanted to stop the actual process that needed to go forward. We are nothing in the, there's nothing matters in this country. Well, you know, Herschel Walker was debating Warnock down in Georgia tonight. There was some interesting sound bites come out of that. There's nothing that matters as we're talking about issues going into the midterms if our elections don't matter. Why is it if this if this January 6th commission was really about getting to the truth, Nancy Pelosi would have had her butt called in before and had to face questioning. And we would know exactly who Ray Epps is and he would be called in. He would already be in the gulag. Why isn't he? Video of him all over the place. And how is it not to mention the fact the only person who died that day 
was a Trump supporter who was shot down point blank range, practically unarmed. And the identity of the of the cop who shot her was withheld from the public. There's so much about this that absolutely stinks. And they're desperate to try to do get this out there to try to somehow sway the midterms. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. Uh, It's not going to have any effect on the midterms. Because there's poll after poll, even Democrats admitting that they, they can't fill their gas tank off of January 6th, okay, any more than they can off of abortion. So this is not going to help them in any way in the midterms. But where's the Republican Party tonight, Skins, going out there and saying this is an abomination what's going on here? And Nancy Pelosi, when we and, 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 and do we and do we have any hope that anybody's going to be held accountable? We're actually going to get to the truth, because even if we get the majority, Kevin McCarthy is going to be Speaker of the House. Do you think he's going to hold Nancy Pelosi accountable and drag her for her role in violence at the Capitol that day and the deaths that occurred? I don't know. Crickets from the Republicans. Crickets. All right, we're going to take a break. We come back. It's Friday. That means Bob Walters is going to be here. He's got some good news for y'all this week and what's happening in our schools. But we've also got to share with you some sad realities. So don't go away. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with us tonight. Y'all know what Friday night means. We're having a little fun. Later on next hour, we actually have for Friday Fun Day, we got a movie review to share with you guys. Uh, you can continue to call in if you've got a jingle, a, a old commercial jingle that's popped into your head you want to share with us. We were talking about that last night as well as TV and movie themes, uh, TV theme songs, just whatever is on your mind about that. And then we've also got um, some other breaking news to share with you guys, some shocking stuff happening when it comes to children and the assault on children. Children, the medical mutilation. That's all next hour for you guys. But Friday at 6.30 p.m. always means one thing for sure you can count on, and that is the uh, the fierce patriotic warrior for children who's been fighting the scourge of the indoctrination in our schools for many years joins me every Friday night, and it is Bob Walters, and he joins me now. Hey, Bob, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. All right. You sound much better. Last Friday night, you had a cold. Yet here yeah. you, yeah, and yet you did what you always do. You brought your A game and continued to fight for the kids, but I'm glad to hear you feeling better. Thank you. All right. So what so you got for I us? Got, I got some good news. A couple of different things. Atlanta public schools are reporting an all-time best graduation rate, 84%, which for them was pretty pretty good compared to their past. They salute their teachers, counselors, and administrators for their success. Now they will focus on the achievement gap, which is still rather strong. And and we talk about this achievement gap and existing for scores of years and (laughs) half a century. Read my book, Facing Reality in American Education. I address what is causing the gap, what can be done about it, Mm -hmm. and what to be realistic about it. And then maybe the Make High School did the best of the 16 schools in that district with a 90% grad rate. The graduate for blacks stood at 82%, which isn't much of a contrast, frankly. Well, this so. is so interesting because um, 
82%. I'm looking at the grad rate, 82%. I think, and also I think you reported a, a week or so ago about the high grad rate, rate at some schools uh, that have primarily black students in New York. So, yeah. so clearly, it, this isn't just an Atlanta phenomenon, which has a large, obviously, you know, um, black community down there. And I think the reason why I wanted to bring up New York is because everybody also knows that in Atlanta, it's an area where the uh, African American community has the highest level of living. A lot of money in the black community in Atlanta. So it's not, but it's not just that because some of the lower income areas in New York that you reported on had a high black grad weight. So the bottom line is, is this is possible and achievable, right? So it, mind, but yes. it should be happening everywhere, but it's not because you've reported about the grad rate for blacks and other minorities here in California and beyond. So this is just an amazing, great, good news story. And it should make uh, um, parents of black students everywhere go, why isn't this happening in my, in my school district? Yep, I agree. Mm-hmm. Then you got a federal judge in Texas who yesterday ruled that prevented prevents federal mandates from being imposed, imposing the pronouns and unisex bathroom rules and employers, including schools. They can provide it if they want, but they can't be forced to by federal rules. So that's that's actually a good decision. That's a great decision um, because, um, it, you know... <laughs> It, it, there's a couple things to think about here and why this is a good decision. First and foremost, we're a republic of states, right? We're, and, and so we're supposed to have uh, the freedom in our states. The idea that our founders had was that it, you could, if you didn't like certain things going on at the local level, you didn't like that culture, you didn't like the laws going on, you could move to another area that better suited your philosophy, your belief system, right? Instead of some centralized, you know, government forcing their will on the people. That's what, why our country was founded the way it was. And so, you know, these these federal mandates are not laws. And, you know, it's meant to, uh, you know, it's part of the transformation or the attempt to transform us into their communist system by mandating their crap, on local level, and the second reason why it's good news is because it's just it's more um, it's it's more fighting back against the scourge of what they're doing to our kids in the schools. Yep, it is. Mm-hmm. All right, then you got Lord Shaftesbury, success in transforming education in London for the past century for poor kids offers lessons for us in this country. They call them ragged schools. Unquote increases vocational training and curriculum that recognizes the integrated nature of human beings. Explicitly Christian, it focuses on math, science, and humanities. Also, tradesmen would be hired to teach kids how to become cobblers, tailors, blacksmiths, etc. Even the non-religious get vigorous training in how to, one can support themselves and live a decent life. Like maybe our homeless needs to be lessened than that. Mm-hmm. Betsy DeVos just wrote a book on this issue and is suggesting that our states look into having what's called ragged schools deliberately designed for the poor people to help them be self-sufficient, get to be proud of themselves and do something to accomplish them off of the welfare of the government. Yeah, see this, I love, I, I'm not sure I like the idea of the term, I'm not sure I'm crazy about the term ragged schools, no. <laughs> but um um, but I, I love the idea of this because this is about uh, this is about truly giving people a, a hand up. 
instead of a handout? How do you lift people out of poverty? Um, and, and this is why I'm flashing on, you know, the Bible because the left loves to say if, G, you know, Jesus would be a socialist, right? When he wasn't, Jesus was all about give a man a fish and he'll eat a meal, teach him to fish and he can feed himself for a lifetime. Correct. And that's what this is about. This is about teaching people a skill um, that they could use. And of course, um, we used to have this in our schools. It's one of the things you talk about in, you know, um, facing reality in American education. And, you know, but it also, if we could set these up out in the communities, we've got a homeless crisis in this country. And, you know, we, I, I know Father Joe's Villages in San Diego has, you know, work programs to teach people. Um, but that should be happening around the country. Instead of using our taxpayer dollars to pay people to sit at home, we need to be using our taxpayer dollars if we're going to use it and teach people a trade and teach people how to go and get a job. And that actually, by the way, is, is the jobs that are in demand. Right. Yeah. Without a big college debt that you got to face when you get out of school. Oh, good point. Right. I mean, I and I think these these and these are high paying jobs. Um, yeah. I've, I've never seen a poor plumber. People always love to talk about how much it costs if they got to br- bring a plumber out. Right. It's it's expensive. It's expensive to hire an electrician to bring them out. Right. And, you know, and often these jobs also are union jobs where they're guaranteed a certain amount of, of pay. And, and I'm not a fan of the unions, um, but, you know, the left is. So you would think that they'd be on board with this. You think that they would dig this idea. But what they really dig is they really dig power and and keeping people dependent on the state. That's really what they dig. Yeah. And the teachers union is totally against trade schools or anything that allows non-union teachers to be teaching kids. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yep. Okay. College crazy. No, no, no. You know what? Let's we. I think we got to finish out good news with some better news. You've already talked about one book that you've written, and I want people and I encourage people to get facing reality in American education. But you've you've written a new book, and I want you to tell everybody about it. Yeah, I finally finished after four months of hard work finishing details with with Sharon's help. Uh, we are now. Uh, it's it's at Amazon. It's called Education or Indoctrination. And it's available to the public. And it's a good book because I think it, it covers all of the detail of what is wrong with our school system. Where has it drifted to what's caused it and how to fix it so we can save these kids and save America from a collapse in the future. But it covers things like the Muslim influence on the schools, CRT, gender, uh, <laughs> gender propaganda, sexual education, Black Lives Matter, and everything else that's going on in the Muslim and in the the communist world in order to get our kids indoctrinated and away from Christianity, away from parents and to teach them the wrong things about the history of this country. Like they're doing pressing 1619 philosophy of how terrible America was when it was founded versus 1776. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Well, I've got a good book on it and I encourage people to read it and give you some ideas of not only what caused it and where it is, but what you can do to fix it. Well, that that's, it, you know, it's and that's so important to me, because one of the things that you and I have talked about for so many times on the show is that it's it, it is important to be informed, to know exactly what's happening as part of what we, we do here every week is we want to inform and you have continued week after week, you share stories that nobody else has been talking about on the news, because most people are too afraid most media that most media outlets either don't want the American people to know what's going on, or then a conservative outlet is too scared to, to share it. 
Um, and, 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 but then we, after knowing what's going on, then we've got to be mobilized into action. We, you know, there's no point in having one and having information if we're not then going to go and do something about it. So tell everybody again, and I would encourage you guys, you know, get a copy for yourself, buy one to give out as, as Christmas presents, as we're going into the holiday. There is one of the things that Bob has been saying for years is that the, there's a war going on in the United States of America. There is a war and a battle for the future of this country. And really the front for that battle has been in the schools for a long time. Some people are just now waking up to it, but it's really been in the schools for a while. And there's still people out there that have no idea what is truly happening in our schools. And this isn't a way for you to, in one book, to be able to go and share it with people. And so tell everybody again how they can get the book. They can get the book by opening up Amazon and enter the words, education or indoctrination and it'll automatically come to the posting of that book on the web page and they can make order a copy and uh, and either a hard copy or even a, a an email copy okay now and it's under robert walters but you you find it by looking under the name of the book Awesome. Well, well, congratulations, Bob, because on top of running a successful company, doing your education reports here on Friday nights, you've done something that now, uh, again, <laughs> you've written multiple books and now you've taken the time to write this one. And so it's absolutely amazing achievement and everybody needs to get the book. We're going to take a break. Then when we come back, we're going to switch into the college crazies and what y'all need to know about that. So don't you go anywhere. This is the Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer, San Diego. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Ooh, nice little smooth groove there as we continue our conversation with Mr. Smooth Groove himself, call sign Don Quixote. And that's Bob Walters continuing with his Friday education reports. Time to get into some college crazies, right, my friend? Oh, yeah, I've got several of them. Okay. The ACT scores for kids graduating in 2022 hit the lowest average in 30 years. Oh, wow. In addition, 42% of test takers failed to reach any of the necessary benchmarks <gasps> in English, reading, science, or math. And we wonder why the Chinese are pulling ahead of us. This is the fifth year in a row for such a decline, so it predates the pandemic. You can't blame the pandemic for this decline. Yeah, they're wanting to. Yeah, when you they're wanting to uh, call it the pandemic effect. They actually have a term for it because you know the left love to loves to use word games and they do it successfully. Um, but but of course, even if this didn't predate COVID, if you think about the learning loss that happened during COVID, COVID it was all preventable and un- unnecessary. So it's still it it's still the U.S. government's fault, right? And forty two percent have failed to reach necessary benchmarks, which means yep. almost half of college graduates. Just don't even have the basics, and yet they're still on the treadmill to right. colleges and universities to rack up debt that they can't afford. Oh, yeah. That's uh, the sad part about the whole thing. And then you got Vanderbilt College to pause gender transition surgeries. That's a, Vanderbilt has a major surgery medical center. They're, they're, they're going to pause gender transition surgeries on minors after getting a bombshell report that boasted about how much money the, the college could make on such a program. One of their officers made that statement to the media, and the public went crazy. They agreed to wait until January when the state legislature takes up the effort. So they haven't given up on it, is what you're saying. Yeah, they're really pushing for this gender transition surgery. 
this is happening everywhere across this country and uh, the what the 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 assault on our children from so many different angles emotionally mentally psychologically sexually medically is just if this isn't the hill that pe- people are willing to die on bob then they're just they're just ready to let this country go because this is just so it it's such an abomination it's so evil and 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 we, and and I'm glad you brought this story up because this is a reminder they're pausing it. I'm glad that you specifically used the word pausing it. It means the left is going to continue. We have to fight all day every day just like they do, right? They never give up. They just p- no, put a little pause on it, right? <laughs> That's all they're going to offering to do. Mhm. Yeah, regrettably. Mhm. Anyway, um there um some other issues that are really kind of alarming. Affirmative action bans make selected colleges less diverse, and a natural national ban would do the same. This, according to a story from Natasha Veracu from Tufts University in Utah, the Supreme Court is set to hear such a case next month. Right now, such affirmative action discriminates against Asians and whites, while eliminating it would show would show the achievement gap between the races, which is now not focused on at the present time. Mm-hmm. In California right now, 71% of the students are racially and ethnically diverse, meaning it's non-Asian and non-white, mm-hmm. and 56% are, hum- are female. They outnumber the males. So basically, so this woman, make sure I understand, so she's come out and said that uh, she's concerned that there's going to be a ban on affirmative action because colleges will be uh, less diverse, um, the reality is, is that, that trying to measure, uh, first of all, affirmative action is discriminatory. Second of all, there, what is the value for anybody to make sure that, a, let's say, there's a student body of 10,000? What's the advantage to anybody, society, the college, the students, to have X amount look like this, X amount look like that? There's just no value in it. It's arbitrary. It's capricious. It's stupid. And it, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> They accuse us of being racist, but they are the racists implementing these programs. Absolutely. There's, this is, and this has been such a movement that's been going on for so long to try to tear down. Our country was based on merit. You know, we're about individual freedom, individual liberty, individual responsibility based upon a free market that says, look, if you're willing to work hard enough for it and dream about it, you can achieve it depending on your skill level. Because there is not equality in terms of intellect, in terms of abilities. We're not all wired the same, right? And so, and this just is all in defiance of it. It's Marxism. It's communism. And I'm just hoping that the Supreme Court is going to shut this crap down. The message needs to be about hard work. And, and I'm now I'm thinking back to your story about in Atlanta with the grad rate, right? That, right. To, that to me, that to me tells me that these are people that the, these are students that are working hard, right? Yeah, and studying, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. That's the message that should be, that should be portrayed. Not one of diversity. I agree. Totally. Mm-hmm. George university considers dropping homecoming Queens and Kings for a more, genderless titles such as homecoming royalty <laughs> where is this georgia university in in Atlanta. G- <laughs> that, that's the <laughs> dumbest thing i've ever heard i know what are they going to call them it, it well, they're going to call them uh, homecoming royalty <laughs> no more coming queens and homecoming kings that's too that's too sexist <sighs> well it's it's also a part of this there's no such thing as gender anymore 
Yeah, right. And it, thing is and it, right. And it just goes to show that this is this is in Georgia. I've got family in Georgia. People like to, you know, conservatives and Christians yeah. of all colors love to tell themselves that Georgia is a red state and that it's still a Christian state that still, uh, you know, is conservative in these things. And let me tell you, it, this just goes to show you can't be taking for granted that you live in a certain state or a certain area that that means your schools aren't being corrupted. That's right. Shame. Mm-hmm. All right, you got white students are now banned from Black History Month events at Westminster University in Utah. Administrators also state that one of their goals is to eliminate all gaps Black Lives Matter students might suffer from. And by eliminating whites from these Black History events, they'd have a better view of themselves for the future. I don't know how that fits at all. That doesn't even make any sense. So they're going to have Black History events, but 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 keep out white people? Yeah. <laughs> well, you would think that they want to welcome white people in and say, share this celebration with us. They should. That's how you make progress in racial relations. Yeah. That's not, that's not where they're coming from. No. You're right. It's about continuing to tell uh, certain groups of certain segments of our society that they're victims and yeah. that they're victims of, uh, you know, whites. That's that's this is about and we've got a clip. We're actually going to do a segment next hour. Uh, Candace Owens address this. And um, because we, we've got to this isn't advancing anybody. This is this is further dividing us and further fostering hate among Americans and at young at, and at young ages. And it's just disturbing. Yep. Then they got the words achievement gap fosters a negative view of black students. So an associate professor at USC here locally mm-hmm. suggesting these words, quote, in inequity in education outcomes instead of edu- achievement gap. So he wants to replace the words achievement gap with end inequality in education outcomes. Because it <laughs> had greater support and political uh, support from the general population. This phrase puts more focus on differences and opportunities rather than achievement gap, which the U.S. has spent over $6 billion to eliminate in the last 50 years with not much success. The issue is not about opportunity. We've got more money going to these schools than ever before. These schools are in these areas are being run by unions. They've gotten everything that they want. They've got the curriculum that they want. There's no excuse, and they're trying to remove the excuses because they're churning out in most areas, uh, as you already reported with these low SAT scores, kids who don't know the basics, right? So they don't. Right. that's why they don't want the word achievement gap because then it would hold the teachers accountable for what's being taught or not taught in these schools. They want to continue to perpetuate that the issue is um, about evil America. Meanwhile, 82% of of black kids in those schools in Atlanta area are doing well, just like the New York schools you reported on. Yep. Well, we've got about a minute, uh, 30 seconds left, Bob. Anything you want to share with us before we go? Tell everybody again where to get your book. Okay, they get an Amazon.com under Education or Indoctrination by Robert Walters. And it'll be, you can get it in soft copy for uh, a few dollars or hard copy book bound. And this is everything that you need to know about what's going on in our schools, what all the issues are, and also more importantly, what you need to do uh, to to turn things around. And we all have to do that. We've got to get out of, we've got to end our apathy and, and, and begin to engage and be active, just like Bob does in his life. Bob, thank you so much for being here. We love you. You are an honorary hero of the week for us. Well, remember, we the kids.us is another hero group, and I urge everybody to check them out and find out for yourselves. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.